Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the Reaching the Summit podcast. This is our first edition of Thursday 30-Minute Previews, where two of our writers are going to join me and do a preview with an upcoming matchup in 30 minutes or less. This week, we have Garrett Bruce, who's here to introduce us to North Dakota, and Tim Hill, who's here to introduce us to Oral Roberts. We'll talk a little bit about the games coming up, what um, everybody thinks is going to happen this weekend, um, what their teams need to do to be successful and, and kind of going down that route. Uh, so to start out, Tim, did you want to start out by just giving us a little recap of where Oral Roberts is at this point in the season? Yeah. All right. Uh, so right now they've, uh, you know, last week was their first opportunity to really play a fellow mid-major. They've had one of those schedules where it's either playing a power team, power conference, or just a high quality team or non D one. So kind of tough to get a good read on where they truly are. You know, you, you can tell that both Max Aitzimus and Kevin O'Banner are excellent scores, but you know, is it just the situation of, you know, playing in a big moment against a power conference team or playing against an overmatched team, you know, how will they play as a team once they get, into consistent mid-major play of the Summit League. And, you know, last week they really showed off their offensive skill set. Um, like I was telling you guys before, uh, Paul Mills, former Baylor assistant, uh, he definitely has brought that Big 12 style of basketball to Tulsa. They, they love to get out, play with freedom, pay, play with space. They don't really run a lot of sets. Looks like they just kind of do some motion ball screen action and uh, quick shots. Uh, Their one big flaw is uh, defense is a little optional for them. Uh, not very physical, uh, especially for being, you know, a longer, bigger team for Summit League squad. And so that's definitely where they could be exposed is their interior defense is not great. Uh, they give up a lot of easy buckets that they probably could defend harder on. But at the same time, you know, they have an, a sense where they're willing to give up two-point buckets because they know they're probably going to get a three on the other end. And that's what we saw last week in Omaha. Omaha doesn't shoot well, and Oral Roberts just kind of got out, shot excellent from beyond the arc. Max Avesman has probably hit you know, combined close to 10 threes that were, you know, 30 foot, 30 feet or more. And so they, they, they are very skilled on the offensive end. It'd just be interesting to see as the year goes on, how they handle, handle other teams on the defense. Perfect. So Garrett, what, what do you, what have we seen so far from North Dakota this season? So North Dakota, um, coming into this year definitely did a little bit of a roster overhaul um they brought in three transfers one from juco and sabian sims one from the d2 level and mitchell suker and one from weaver state and caleb nero which was able to be eligible they brought in a freshman point guard and tyree e Nacho. and then they still had the regular standbys and philip rabracha and deshaun allen eikens well it's kind of hard to put together an entire team in a regular situation much less the pandemic so 
what's kind of interesting so far this year is, you know, typically UND's schedule is they play, they get a couple non-D1s, they play a couple of, you know, Power 5 schools, they'll play a couple teams from the Big Sky, might play a non-conference in the Missouri Valley. This year, it was kind of interesting, they played, I think this is the first time that I've seen this in a while, where they played an all-D1 schedule. They didn't get any... Um, non-D1s or anything like that. And as I mentioned before in the write-up against Kansas City, it's the best way to describe UND's season right now is a seesaw, where some games they go out and they, they do great things, like in the Dakota Showcase and their victory against USD. I thought they did a great job overall. Um, Philip Rabracha had a big game. I had like 26 points. And then or the, like the third game against NDSU for the majority of it, I thought they they played pretty well against a team that most feel they're in the top three of the summit. And then, of course, their impressive showing against Minnesota, who currently right now is ranked 16th in the nation. But then they've also had their moments where they've, they've been down, like against Dixie State in the second half, where they went into these long scoring droughts or the last five minutes of the NDSU game where... They were winning, and then they lost because they, once again, struggled to put the ball in the hoop. Also, what's not helping is Deshaun Allen Eikens got hurt after the Miami game, so they've been dealing with someone that, you know, was accounted on to being like, hey, you're going to be the second guy behind Rebracha, and now you get a whole bunch of other guys trying to figure out their roles. You got a freshman point guard who's all freshman going to be good and also is going to be not so good it's going to be a freshman going to be inconsistent i think some of the transfers have played okay but i i wouldn't necessarily say they've had a splashy impact so it it just has the makings of an inconsistent team and honestly their weekend against kansas city and tim can also test this being the kansas city writer it was inconsistency um one game they did well enough and handled the pressure from Kansas City and they won the other game they didn't handle the pressure so well and they missed a lot of free throws and they lost so I'm kind of looking into this weekend against um, Oral Roberts where yeah the styles are going to be completely different UND um, runs a slower half court offense they say there's motto was you know want to attack the heart of the paint either be able to drive into the paint and kick out for an open shot or work it in the rebracha and let him do what he does best so it's going to be interesting to see how that um dialogue goes against or roberts and defensively they run a, a man-to-man and they definitely want to push teams out towards the three-point line which is going to be interesting which kind of plays into oral roberts strength right yep. so you kind of just started touching on that garrett so i wanted to, to move to something that i think is pretty interesting you've got two very different styles oru is very fast high scoring um and and und at least recently more deliberate lower scoring um that first game against kansas city might have set off basketball offense back about 15 years um but so two very different styles yet i I think gary you brought up some good points that's this is also a a und team that played 
Minnesota to the end that beat USD. Um, I think sometimes we forget, especially with a small sample size, that it's we've only seen a little bit of summer league play, and that it that doesn't write the whole season um, for a team. In fact, at this point last year, no one would have thought UND was playing in the would be playing in the Summit League championship game, um, but yet they were. Um, so starting from the UND side, Garrett, is it important for them to slow the game down? And then how do you think they do that? I think they, they need to play to their strengths. And I think they need to they need to be slowing the game down. They need to be, I think they need to play their most efficient game on offense. And then they need to play their strength. They got to play through Bracha. They got to play through their bigs and Suker and Gertantis. So I think that's going to be super important. I think it's also going to be very important for UND to not turn the ball over and get Oral Roberts going in transition. That is something that they cannot do. And they can't get into a three-point contest with Oral Roberts. I was doing some stats, and I didn't realize that Oral Roberts is actually top 10 in the nation and not only three-point makes, but three-point attempts, which also leads to Summit. I also didn't realize UND took the second most three-point attempts in the Summit, but unfortunately, they're not really hitting them right now, and for a variety of reasons. Um, There's not one particular reason. It could be all the above, whether or not they're good shots or they're just open looks that aren't falling. But they can't, they're going to have to play inside. I mean, if they kick it out and there's an open three, they got to make it. But they can't get this, divulge this into a, a track meet, a uh, three-point shooting contest, because that's that's not going to go well for UND. So, Tim, kind of on this on this other side of the same coin, uh, Oral Roberts, what I had noticed in the, in the series against Omaha, when Oral Roberts got to get up, and and run with the ball that the a small lead turned into a big lead in a hurry. Do you think they're going to try to do kind of the same thing with North Dakota or, or maybe a whole different approach to this weekend series? I fully expect them to try and make it another track meet. Um, hopefully, you know, with the exception of not allowing UND to score at well in the paint, but uh, they, like you said, once they get that tempo up, they start to feel that rhythm, and you know, once Max starts knocking down threes from 35 feet, and he gets comfortable, it's it opens so much more because then a defender has to stretch that much far farther out on him, and the the space of the floor is just enormous. They have all kinds of room to play, and uh, Kevin O'Banner, he is he is such a gifted scorer on all three levels for them and he's I think what makes him even better scores his intelligence to move without the ball is something special to watch when he plays he knows when to cut to the basket he'll kind of toy with his guy and then pop out for a three or him and Max will play some ball screen action and you know usually something good comes off of that because you know who are you going to double off of that situation and uh, but they will definitely try and get it to run, try to run. You know, I think if it gets, you know, if you can slow it down, that would obviously be beneficial. Um, UND, I think, would benefit also if they can make it uh, physical, very physical. Uh, like I said in the intro, 
Oral Roberts. They uh, that's that's not what they like to do. They don't want to get in foul trouble, and uh, they'll give baskets away, especially in the post, and that's a strength of UND. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, how they handle that. But you know, even when it's slowed down, Oral Roberts will probably rely a lot on that ball screen action from you know one of the wings with Max and. Kevin C just kind of how, how everything plays off of that. And they move without – all their all their guys move without the ball well. But it's just a matter of, you know, continuing that rhythm. And one thing that gets them in trouble sometimes is they can get a little complacent, it seems, when teams get back in the game is they just kind of – I'm a little – they kind of log out for moments at times and so try to get away from so, uh, which matchups are you guys most excited to watch? Since anybody can start. This is, a, this is kind of an unfair question because I got two right off the bat that I think is going to be pretty exciting. I can't, I don't know which one to pick. But if I, I always lean towards guards. I mean, I'm a, I'm a guard snob. So, I'm going to be interested in the uh, Tyree Iannaccio and Max, how do we say his last name? Um, Abe Smith. Abe Smith, yeah. I'm going to be interested to see how that matchup goes. I know that Max is able to, like you mentioned before, Tim, that he's able to stretch it out and shoot beyond 30 feet. I want to see how Ianacho, as a freshman, will be able to use his bigger body and try to see how he can try to contain him and see how, uh, if he can, I should, I probably should use a better, instead of contain, try to slow him down. I think that would be a little more appropriate to use than contain. Well, and one of the interesting things Ianacho does have is bigger size than the Omaha guards, and along with quickness. So that, that is an interesting matchup to see. He just better start at about 35 feet, because <laughs> Aceness is not afraid to shoot from, well, anything past half court, basically. Tim, what are you looking forward to? I I would honestly agree uh, with Garrett there. Um, You know, going back to the Arkansas game, granted, I don't think there's a defender in the league quite like Jalen Tate that Arkansas had, a 6'6 guard who has arms that go down to, you know, hands go down to his feet, it seems like. He was just that long. And he harassed... Abe Smith's all game, and that gave him all kinds of problems. So, you know, Ian Acho, I think, what is he, 6'4", pretty long. Um, that'll be interesting to see if he can be that guy. And I think you really need to, you really need to dedicate a guy to say, hey, don't worry about your offense. Your job this weekend is to, you know, be glue on this guy. You cannot let him out of your sights. Don't turn his back. Because as soon as the defender turns their back in transition, he'll pull it. I mean, it's you're not exaggerating. He gets across half court, and he'll throw it up, and he'll go in. And he has the green light from uh, Coach Mills. It, it's clear that he can shoot whenever he wants. And he's proven that. You know why he has that green light because he can make those shots from anywhere, and so those two will be a fun matchup. I don't another one. I don't think they'll actually match up just because a lot of times you don't want your score 
to defend the other team's big post score for foul trouble purposes, but it would be interesting to see if O'Banner and Ribracha go at it, you know, one-on-one in the post back and forth. I think you'll see Lossus probably guard Ribracha and, you know, whoever UND has in at the four probably guard O'Banner, but I'd love to see those two go go at it. I agree. I don't know if it'll happen, but that would be fun to watch. Rebracha can move really well for a big guy, and and uh, you need to uh, against O'Banner. He's he, like you said before, he can score on all three levels. Um, and and I thought you guys brought up interesting points on what your number one matchup was because I would almost I, I think I would agree with you that if I had to pick one of the two guys, I don't think you can take both of those guys for Oral Roberts out of the game. If I was going to pick one, it'd be Aismas, mostly because. I guess O'Banner needs to prove that he won't have those games he takes himself out of the game for me, like he has in previous years, um, which is hard to say when the guy just averaged 33 points over um, a two-game span over last yeah. weekend. And offensively, he, he plays off of Max very well. And, you know, games I've seen where teams have really kind of given Max troubles, that you know, the engine doesn't move very well. He is... R.J. Glasper is a good guy uh, to have as a running mate, a secondary ball handler, and he can get his own shot, but he's no Max A. Smith from an offensive perspective. And it's really their offense goes as Abe Smith goes. So if if you got to take one guy out, you take you take him out. And, you know, if O'Banner goes off on a double-double, so be it kind of thing. Well, and Jared, I have a question specific to UND. Uh, you you talked about Rebracha, and he's clearly the number one scoring option on on North Dakota. And we maybe saw signs of, of Alan Eikens coming back a little bit into form in the second game last weekend, but still Rebracha's the, the number one guy. Kansas City kind of just didn't let him get the ball in the paint. Do you think that's going to be a concerted effort on UND's part to get him the ball down low for some scoring opportunities? I think that after, I think they're going go to go with their strength, and I think they're going to try to find different ways to get Rebracha the ball inside. And there might be more of an effort where we've seen Rebracha go from the top of the key and drive it himself to the hoop. He's kind of showing that ability as well um, to score from that perspective. But I think there's going to be an effort to not only just with Rebracha, but also the other bigs to, they're going to try to work it and try to work it inside out. Um, they're going to try to hopefully have a little more success in driving the basketball towards the hoop. They weren't really able to do it so much with Kansas city. I mean, all credit to the world and their, um, defensive effort to really contain that down. But I, that definitely, I think, is going to be the approach here. And I'll kind of go back to an earlier thing. It definitely, he's going to need some help. And getting the Sean Allen Eikens, like having that little bit of a spurt that he had last Sunday, that definitely was helpful. Hopefully he continue to build on that. Hopefully the hometown kid, um, Caleb Nero, returning back to Tulsa, hopefully he can have a nice little performance in in his hometown um it's been a little while since he's kind of had a a big game hopefully he can kind of 
in one of the two games kind of bust out and hopefully we can get a couple people off the bench if they're going to keep going with Suker off the bench hopefully we can continue to do good work there and but the main part is that I think they're going to get back to we got to get the ball inside Urbracha and work from there I, I like the uh, Caleb Nero returning home uh, factor it, I didn't think about that um so one other thing, and then we'll get to your guys's kind of prediction of what you're going to think, what you think is going to happen this weekend. Any other under the radar players that fans should play, pay attention to that we maybe haven't mentioned or haven't spent a lot of time on? I think for ORU, I've mentioned his name a few times, um, but I, they're under the radar guys, definitely RJ Glasper. Um they obviously have some shooters in uh, Shang Weaver and Kareem Thompson, but those two can kind of disappear from time to time. They uh, and they don't—they're not exceptional at putting the ball on the floor. Uh, it's kind of hold on to your seat. Hopefully, anything happens. And so, uh, but Glasper has definitely shown that you know he can be a second point guard for that team. He can shoot it good enough where you have to respect him from the outside and because of that he can take it to the hoop he's very good at that um and he he's got ice in his veins when it comes to free throw shooting last last sunday against omaha it was kind of tight and then at the end they pulled away and a lot of that was he went six for six from the line and he's also you know made shots and folks but oral roberts will actually you'll see ace Smith and o'banner getting rest at the same time, but you'll never see Abe Smith and Glasper sitting on the bench getting rest unless it's a blowout. And so he definitely adds a lot of intangible value to that team that maybe doesn't always show up on the box score, but he's definitely their, their under-the-radar guy. How about you, Garrett? Anybody we haven't mentioned that you think will pay, play a key role this weekend? So I've, I've mentioned Mitchell Sucker off the bench. And I think another guy that um, I mentioned that had kind of had a big performance against Kansas City, and he's been a, kind of an important guy off the bench, is um, Ethan, I want to make sure I say his, Inabonago. There we go. Um, he um, definitely, the first Kansas City game, probably had one of the one of the better games of his UND career. I think he's developed really nicely into a bench option that, quite honestly, UND did not have last year. So he really, he kind of, last year was a guy that kind of played a little bit and as a backup guard. But he really kind of got more minutes towards the end of the year and during the Summit League tournament. And now this year is, you know, he's kind of the bigger, one of the first guards off the bench. He's definitely getting more and more minutes. Um, at first was kind of more of a shoot it from outside, but now you can kind of see he's getting more aggressive and attacking the basketball. I honestly thought last weekend he was the more, the more aggressive of the three UND guards and taking on the Kansas City defense and saying, no, I'm going to attack attack the basket and get and get to the attack the ball and get to the basket so I look for him to kind of continue to 
be that option off of the bench for UND, whether he's, you know, handling the ball, um, being able to shoot from three, um, continuing to drive, and also playing solid defense on the other end. Okay, uh, so the last in the last five minutes here, we'll we'll do our predictions for the weekend. The fans on Twitter uh, picked Oral Roberts in a sweep at about sixty percent, and then up thirty something percent was a split. Uh, what do you guys? I, I think Gary brought up some interesting points that the difference in perimeter defensive intensity should help North Dakota get into their flow of their offense a little bit better. Um, and even be able to get the ball inside better than they were against Kansas City. And then on the other side of that coin, you're going against an offense that is, I don't think I'm breaking any news to say that Oral Roberts' offense is a little better than Kansas City's. Um, so <laughs> it's going to be a little easier for UND and yet a tr- tougher challenge on the other end. What do you guys think happens this weekend? I'll let you go scared off of that question. <sighs> well... I mean, I I personally voted on the poll, and I said, well, it was kind of a little bit of a, a homerish pick that I thought UND would potentially steal one down in Tulsa. I mean, it's certainly possible that this ends up being a split, that UND steals one just based on the fact that, you know, if Oral Roberts, you know, your offense is primarily based on the three, well, sometimes, you know, the old saying, you live by the three, you die by the three. There might be a night where they're ice cold and UND managed to take advantage by playing their game, um, being patient, they're being efficient on offense, and they're playing well enough on defense. They're certainly capable of stealing one. But if you had to, like, take off the UND glasses here for a second and be realistic about it. I don't think they're at a point yet where like they're playing consistently where I can confidently say they can go win one down in Tulsa. So I probably would lean towards Oral Roberts winning both. And it would be in UND's best interest to try to try to steal one down in Tulsa because their schedule is pretty rough. They get NDSU next week at home. Those two games are going to be pretty tough. And then you got to go to Brookings the weekend after. So this is the three-week stretch where they're playing the top three teams. So if they don't figure out something soon, they could be staring one and seven going into Western Illinois. Tim, what do you think? Uh, I think UND has the ability, at least in the first game, to possibly steal one, um, I would say I, I would I I went on that poll and I I said or you would sweep uh, talent wise they should um, you know I had the luxury of watching UND last week play KC so got a good look at them uh, one way they can steal a game is if they really pound the paint on the offensive side because I mean they. Omaha got anything and everything in the paint against Oral Roberts last week. They just can't shoot, and they're trading buckets, but Oral Roberts shoots the three, and so mathematically, that's just not going to win you a game um, if you're only scoring twos. But uh, you know that the thing about Oral Roberts is on the offensive end, everybody knows their role. No one goes. No one seems to go rogue. 
Um, you know, if you're a spot-up shooter, they don't try to be something they're not. And so I think if they continue that on the offensive side, you know, it's going to be – they're going to want to get out and run because UND, they kind of gassed out in that second game against Kansas City. And that's why you saw a bigger differential. And the scoring is they just – that second half, they had nothing. And so I don't see UND having a shot in the second game this weekend. So if they're going to steal one, it has to be game one. If they don't get it, I don't see them, you know, leaving Tulsa with a win. Uh, just because the pace of play is going to wear them out eventually. Uh, that Oral Roberts plays with. Like I said, Ave Smith and a banner, when they're on, they can they can steal a victory from really good teams, not just in a summit league. Um, I think, you know, if there's ever a team that had could be a media darling at least this year out of the league, it would be Oral Roberts in terms of stealing a game in the tournament because they had a couple players go off. That's just how good those two are on the offensive end. But as Garrett says, they live by the three. So, you know, if, if they go cold and, you know, they're not getting anything out of their ball screen action or their motion, it's could be a, could be a long one. But I, I see Oral Roberts sweeping this weekend. All right, so we're going to finish up this this first experiment of doing a preview. Uh, did you guys want to let um, everybody know where they can find you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm at uh, Tim underscore Hill three. So it's, you know, very generic name, T-I-M underscore H-I-L-L three. And I cover, you know, Oral Roberts as well as UMKC. And my Twitter handle is all lowercase g, Bruce underscore 12, and I cover UND. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining for the first time doing this. And uh, we'll uh, actually, Derek, Garrett, we get to talk to you next week because we're going to do NDSU and, and UND also. But uh, thank you guys and, uh, and take care. Yeah, thanks for having yes. us on. This was fun. Yes, thanks for having me. I'll look forward to next week.